Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast. We got Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. We got Robbie Croyle. Hello. And your favorite Logan Daly. Coming at you through the airwaves. Absolutely. Hey, it's not actually probably through the airwaves. Hey, should I snuff out that candle? Why? Uh, just, just checking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he can relight it in about five minutes. <laughs> <coughs> that is a beautiful segue into our shortcomings Thank for you. the week. Yeah, He set that one up really nice. Just <laughs> lit it up. Yep. <laughs> Lit it up to snuff it out. Why are... What is... <laughs> I don't know. You guys do realize, like... Y'all realize there is a pandemic that involves people coughing, right? What? I feel very unsafe. <laughs> As you should. They're both they're both choking on their laughter. It's fine. It's fine. We're all, we're all fine here. So, anyway, into our shortcoming of the week, our dear lead pastor... Self-admitted, uh, what'd you call yourself, a dope? Dork. A dork. <clears throat> a dope. Or a dope, or a doofus, or Dweeb. dingus, I don't know, something. Your lead dingus. pastor's a dope. Dork. He's a dork. He's a dork. Yeah, uh, so we, we just finished up a, a beautiful, beautiful little song there for song number two. Uh, <clears throat> singing Go Tell It on the Mountain, and I was commenting that I think it might be my favorite Christmas song. It's definitely one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's just such a happy song. Mm-hmm. And uh, up comes Rob. And through my mind, I'm going to tell it from my perspective because it's my I'm using I statements. Up comes Rob, and I think to myself, <clears throat> what is Rob coming up for? We haven't sung Oh Holy Night yet. We still got one more song to do. That's we, odd. We did. We did. One more song. And then, and then he comes up, and he starts clapping. He's got, He's got this going on over the candles and I realized that he's putting the candles out and I can't blow them out because he's got a mask on I tried that later I was correct it, it, it doesn't work that way <clears throat> if your mask is too thin it will if, if your mask is too thin or you just you blow, or you blow too hard then it'll it'll work uh, but so Rob claps the candles out and I am starting oh holy night. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth? Why? Huh? And then it's smoking, and I'm thinking, oh, I really hope there's a lot of smoke coming off the candles. Because if you clap out a candle, it doesn't exactly go out quickly. It kind of mm-hmm. smolders. And I'm thinking, oh, I really hope that doesn't set off the, the fire alarms and the sprinklers. And that's what I was thinking. And then I was like, Logan, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's an allergy thing. Don't pay attention to the candles. Just sing the song. You're forgetting the lyrics. 45 seconds later. Yeah, the, the intro to Oh Holy Night was a while, because I'm just sitting there on that C chord <laughs> thinking, what on earth just happened? Oh, man. And, you know, the Lord provides. I thought it, and he provided the explanation. At the beginning of Rob's announcement section, he gets up and tells us that he is a dork, and that he had just forgot that we had blown out the candles after the first service and that I had already lit them. 
because he was thinking that I needed to light the advent candles still, and whoops, we left them on. So he was helping. <laughs> Rob was helping. So helpful. Way to be a helper, Rob. Just here to serve. Here to serve. <laughs> what I really think happened, so that's what I observed happening. That's what we've heard. Mm-hmm. What I really think happened is Rob just wanted to play with the fire. Yeah. yeah. This, that was his form of worship during a holy night was, or go tell it on the mountain. Or, or, or he just, he, you know, when I was a kid, we used to, at the Methodist church, you would light candles at the beginning of every service and you'd okay. walk in with like the, you'd wear like the robe thing. Oh yeah. Maybe if you're really feeling fresh, really feeling exciting and you, and you got the big stick that looks like a shepherd crook with the little bell on it to put out the candles and the little, and you walk in carrying the light of God and you, you put the candle and you 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 you'll light the candle at the beginning, and then at the end of the service you come back in and you light your candle and you put out the candle and you walk out with the light of God. It's fantastic. Mm. Wow. We used to always fight over who got to play with the fire and who got to light things, and you know that was that was the thing. I used to spend so much time wasting matches in the back of the Methodist church. Like, how many of these can I light during a service? Wow. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's what happens when you let a seven-year-old play with fire. Let it, be, let it be known. So, in my mind, Rob had reverted to seven-year-old Logan and just really went full petty and wanted to light those candles himself. Maybe hmm. maybe you should let him light them this week. I, that was the plan. Okay. I was going to be all out of commission this week. Valid. So, now I'm not out of commission, but I still think Rob gets to light the candles. I think you could have single-handedly lit the candles. I think so. Probably. I, mean, I wasn't going to be here on Sunday, though. Do we want Logan playing with fire if he's drugged up? I don't know. I was supposed to have surgery this week. That got moved. It got <laughs> postponed. It's fine. We're all fine. So anyway, that's the story of the candles. Was Rob just being a seven-year-old that wanted to play with fire? The world may never know. <laughs> if uh... All right, so now that I'm done ragging on Rob... I'm going to just kick it over to you, and you now have the chance to return the favor. <laughs> Hello, bus, here I come. <laughs> da, da. So we're what talking, kind of horn was that? <laughs> we're, we were talking through net, Next Steps last week and during our sermon club, and Logan says, I'm tapping out. I don't have any Next Steps because my Next Step is to rub dirt in it. Get over it. Tuck your skirt in. Rub some dirt in it. Here's your problem. Get over it. And so we determined that, you know, we had four next steps. And and Logan's next step would be next step negative one, as in don't take. (laughs) You're going the wrong way. (laughs) If you're going to talk to Logan about how to deal with trauma. Mm-hmm. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> Jen's gonna jump in front of you and redirect. <laughs> it's yeah, not wrong. It's, um, <clears throat> what what I determined in that is that Logan and my dad, in that regard, very similar. My dad was the first one mm. to tell me to rub some rub some dirt in it. Yeah. And my dad's workaholic. Yeah, so many, so many similarities. It, it makes. I feel like your dad was a fantastic person. It, it makes me go, 
Logan must. should go see a counselor. I wonder what that would unearth. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I picture Logan as, as a counselor. As a counselor? Not, not as oh, a counselor. That dangerous. He should go to a counselor. <laughs> well, no, no. If you ever seen Bob Newhart's... Oh, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. That is exactly what it would be. <laughs> yeah. Stop it or I'll bury you in a box. Stop it or I'll bury you in a box. I, yeah, love I think I got that. it. I love that skit. <laughs> Sounds about right. Man, that guy was funny. Yeah, he was. There you go. Yeah, so... Moral of that story? Next step, minus Know one. your weaknesses, kids. Yeah. <laughs> A man's got to know his limitations. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, but then in the later you on, e- you... It's not as if you haven't experienced your own Oh, trauma. no, I, absolutely. I'm just terrible at giving other people advice about it. Mm. Like when you have to figure out how to answer care group questions, that's... That's kind of a that was pretty traumatic. Oh yeah. Rob sends out a care group question. Just immediate trauma. Very triggered. Very triggered. Very triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I believe my response to question number three this week was asterisk dodge questions so hard. Hey, but you you were great. Did I, or did I dodge it? Oh, uh, now you're thinking. I'll let you ponder that. Did I play that entire thing like a chess game? We'll never know. So anyway, let's talk about supplication. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Your your diagram messed me up a little bit. I because I did? because of the curvature, I I didn't say anything because I knew how much work that would take to get those words to curve like that. But it actually wasn't that bad once I figured out there's a little trick to it. But supplication should come after. Like I've memorized that verse, and, and for it to say prayer, thanksgiving, and supplication, totally messed with me. <laughs> and I decided just to let it roll. Which way is it? Your diagram is prayer, thanksgiving, and supplication. It's prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And thanksgiving. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to describe that a little bit more because Logan. One of the things that Logan mentioned after services, hey, you could have talked about that a little bit more, and and I knew that, but but we have time limits, so there we go. Um, <laughs> but this is why I believe the Apostle Paul uh, presents us this way: prayer is this is this conversation that we have with God, and I think we're pretty familiar. With that particular piece, even if it's awkward, we know that, yep, God is the one that we talk to, and and it's it's just this conversation. But why does he bring in this supplication and this thanksgiving element to this anxiety piece? Well, what supplication does is supplication says that I understand this relationship properly. In other words, God is God and I am not, and how he chooses to answer my prayer, he's right. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't get it, he's right. So it's kind of a submission thing. 
is a submission thing. Think in terms of uh, when your kid comes to you and they're and they're asking for something, but they're not really asking; they're telling. Mm. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna buy this for me for Christmas, and you're like, ah, "Kid, you don't understand how this relationship works." And no, mm-hmm. I'm not. Right? <laughs> that is the opposite of supplication. Supplication says, "Hey, mom and dad." I I kind of like this, but whatever you give me is just fine. But you probably know best, and so here we go. Um, with God, He absolutely knows best, and there's no there's no question. So that's that's where the supplication piece comes in. I believe the Thanksgiving piece comes in from the standpoint that again, it just kind of grounds the the whole conversation with you've already done so much. Mm. I understand like this need that, that I'm faced with is, is it's an important need, but I don't want to forget about all the ways you've worked in the past. And I think it really ties into this week's uh, sermon about Mm. joy, but teaser for you there, little teaser. But is the problem in front of me bigger than me? Yeah, at least it seems that way. Whether it's whether it's our bills, uh, whether it's a, a medical con- condition that someone's facing, um, whatever the whatever the issue is, it in that moment it seems big. Hmm. But the Thanksgiving is to recognize all the ways that God has already worked. All the way, God has already answered prayer. Who God is as just as a person, like we could thank Him for just His character. So that's that's how I've traditionally thought about those three elements, and and so literally, I would come to God and, and let's let's say it's my finances, and uh, and this week I was preaching to myself for part of the time because. Like I said, we've been hit pretty hard this fall with uh, some medical bills, and and as I look into January, February, March, I'm going, I don't know if we'll be out of the debt by then. Hmm. And and we 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 should be able to save a pretty good, like I I try to save ten percent my income, and I'm I'm gonna be paying that out in debt, hmm. you know, and so that's. That's significant for for a family, and and so, so I'll start off with just like God, this is a big deal for us. Um, like you know where we're at financially, uh, but this is this is kind of frustrating to be in this this spot again. Mm-hmm. And then the supplication part comes in, and it'll be. You know, God, provide as you see fit. If we need to just endure, we will endure. But if you want to do something special, that's awesome too. And then, then the Thanksgiving is thank you for always providing. Like, mm-hmm. like we as a family, we have a pretty good. Sure. We have a pretty good. In, in the grand scheme of things, like living in, in Montana... Um, 
we eat pretty well. We we have good friends. Uh, we have our needs met all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you have really provided, and uh, and I'm really grateful for it. So that's how I'd pray through that. And when you go through that kind of a process, when I go through that kind of a process, it's a it's a very when I come to the end of the conversation, it's very different than if I would have just anxiously thought about, okay, well, this could happen, and then this could happen, and then this could happen, and man, what if that, that happens? And to me, that's those are kinds of conversations I, I either have the one or the other. Mm-hmm. Am I processing? Hmm. And of course, you know, our trauma tells us some of the lies that I, I guess that I believe that I've kind of bought into based off of my experiences in life is Rob, you're a failure. Rob, you failed your family. You're failing your family by not having this financial stuff, you know, resolved already. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? It's probably the biggest one that I, that I, and I know it like a, it's like, but then it's so easy for me to buy into that, right? Hmm. Just just based off of experiences, and then my, you know, some of the trauma that I experienced was, you know, just my mom was just always anxious about money, and if something happened, she'd just like get super stressed, and and you're causing causing us so much, you know, and mm-hmm. and. That experience, you'd think living that out, you wouldn't want to cause someone else to live that out, but I caught it. Hmm. And so when when the kids need something and we're already dealing with debt and, and they bring their need to me, like I've had to work really hard to not respond to those old events from decades right. ago. Sure. But right. just respond to this moment. Like, what does my son or, or my, what does my child need to hear from me right here, right now? What's, you know, what's this current event require? Right. Hmm. So, those are my thoughts on supplication. Fantastic. Very nice. Well, moving on from uh, supplication, let's talk about let's talk about peace in the word shalom. 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 So, I, so I mentioned that shalom that uh, the Hebrew thinkers, our uh, Jewish neighbors, they they have a tendency to think about shalom or peace in a very different way than we do. And and do you guys think I defined that well? That from the American perspective, our, our idea of peace is the lack of the absence of chaos or war or mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a that's a fair assessment for how most of us would view it. Yeah, you know, it's like you don't have a lot of tumult yeah. going on. The image I get in my head is like that winter night where you're sitting in front of a fire, the snow is falling. Like that's what I think. Um, 
we view peace as where we're like, you know, all is all that, is perfect. Everything yeah. is a okay. Calm seas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're so from the Jewish mindset, it, it really shalom is this. When they express it to each other, it's this blessing, and this is it's saying. It's kind of like what we do when people sneeze. God bless you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and we only do that when people sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason. Uh, but that's their hello, shalom. Mm-hmm. And it's just expressing that I'm hoping for you, for your very best, for your well-being. Hmm. And I was thinking in terms of, well, where's the first time that that this is mentioned, that this word is used in in the Old Testament? Because we have the principle of first mention, right? Yeah. And so oftentimes uh, Hebrew thinkers, Hebrew scholars will, will look to see how a word is used for the very first time to get the sense of... The context of it. The context, yeah. and The and flavor how, of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and just add some color to to the picture. So the first time shalom is used is found in Genesis 15, and and the Lord comes to Abram and promises him a son. Um, and this is when Abram cuts the animals in half. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this is the blood path. Covenant and and Abram recognizes that uh, he cannot walk this path, and we talked about this this last summer. Uh, the, we should tag that sermon. Okay, I can do that. Um, but we we talked about Abram and and Abram was just being very uh, transparent with God, saying. I can't keep this covenant perfectly because if you do if you fail the covenant death is required and so God is the one who walks the path for for Abram. And it says in verse 12 now when the sun was going down a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in shalom. You will experience well-being. And that was that was Abram's experience that's really cool <laughs> and and I and I gotta imagine I, and I've, I kind of wrestled a l- l- little bit with this like why this why is this the first mention for Shalom and why and and how does that shape the Jewish conscious right? Who do you want to be like if you are a Jew? Moses or Abraham? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, you want to be like one of the patriarchs. <clears throat> yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both both Moses and Abraham, like they, they are very significant. And one of those two. Yeah. And and when when the Lord says, You will go to your fathers in shalom. Like if we could just experience that to go to our fathers like to just just know that you know i'm 50 years old now so i'll probably probably another 30-ish years if i could just live with this promise that i could go to my fathers in shalom that would be a good promise Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be a really good promise Hmm. so no first mention that's what they say there's no place like Shalom for the holidays. No place like Shalom. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some other scriptural tools. Yeah. That we can use to combat the anxieties. If, you know, just for whatever reason, rubbing some dirt in it doesn't work for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see if rub dirt is if <coughs> I could find that in the scriptures. Let Do me look for that. I, I wonder uh, if that's in like the gospels. Dirt. That's in the gospel of being most manis. Well I just looked I it mean, up and I can't find it. Uh, okay. I'm gonna throw this out here. Jesus did rub dirt in the blind man's eyes. Like spit in it and rub dirt. Oh I should not have given that to Logan because oh, now fantastic. he's going to use it as scriptural. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one thing if Jesus wants to rub dirt in it. It's another thing if Logan David wants to rub dirt in I'm it. I'm not saying that I, I'm just doing it. I'm just trying to be like my savior. Okay. <laughs> Slow your roll. You learned about that like just try, three seconds ago. Just trying to be like my savior. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be like my savior. I'm really sorry, Rob. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, let's let's talk about other scriptural tools. <laughs> <laughs> so what I said is that uh, Philippians four six or eight that that's just one of the many tools that I've used over the years. Things that promises that I have that I've depended on. Things that have guided the way I approach my conversation with God. I, another one for me would be James 1, 2 through 5. And I, I remember the place I was at when I heard this. And it was like, initially it was like salt in the wound. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But said, it says this, Consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And hmm. and honestly, I, I don't know if you've ever had someone give you medicine and you and you you taste it, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like your stomach turns because it it just doesn't taste good, right? The first time I heard this James 1 passage was in a time where I was really experiencing a trial. My first wife had had just decided to divorce me. She had she'd had uh, s- some affairs and 
and I was still willing to make things work, but she was not. And I felt like such a failure at that time. And I was going through financial hardships. I was going through a divorce. Uh, it it was a tough time. And I, I'm here, consider all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials. And I'm like... Yeah, that verse sucks. Oh, I wonder. I want if I wasn't in the middle seat, like there were half a dozen people to my right and half a dozen people to my left, <laughs> and we were on a pew, so it wasn't like you could get out like easily now. Easily, right. like it would have just been super awkward to leave. And I think, <laughs> I think the Lord placed me in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Bible hucker right there. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about endurance. Have you, you've done things that require endurance, like from a sports standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've probably done two days. We did a couple of those, yeah. Um, I hated those. Yeah, how, just how, endurance days for track. How fun! I hated it, those too. How fun is that? They're not. They are the worst. They're miserable. 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 Did you need those endurance days to be able to do what you needed to do to be able to? You know, I'm not sure if it improved my bench warming or not with the two days. <laughs> you know, it really did put me in peak condition to be not played by my <laughs> delightful coach. Speaking of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your traumatic but, experience with us. But it's not trauma for me. It's trauma for the fact that, you know, that was a detriment to the rest of the team probably because, you know. Might have been useful to play somebody that would have been. Ne- never mind. We're not going there. We're not going there. It's fine. We're all fine. That reminds me of the time I handed uh, our coach, baseball coach, a lineup that we recommended. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my>. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do you think he appreciated all the effort we put into our? He probably our, didn't. Our proposal. He probably didn't appreciate that. Oh, I'm guessing a, no. On a scale to of zero to ten, it was, it was right up there with rub dirt in it. Mm. Fantastic. So nonetheless, but no, no, it 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 did. And with jokes aside, jokes aside, you know, you you we you did need the two a days because that there was game days where you had to play two games in a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you had, when you got to tournament. I, I I seemingly remember that at least once where we had two games in a day. And yeah. you were pretty stinking tired by the end of that, even if you were bench warming. <laughs> yeah, endurance has its has its benefit. Gaining endurance, there's only one way that you gain endurance, and that's bearing. Just nose to the grindstone. Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. gotta nose the grindstone on that. Nose to the grindstone, rubbing some dirt in Gosh, it. Gosh, that sounds like rubbing some dirt in it. <laughs> Man, vindication. Oh, calm down. <laughs> Nobody asked you. So the best part yeah, of this is I didn't even have to fight for it. Anybody that does need to rub some dirt in it, that needs some endurance, I'm sending them to Logan. Ma'am, I'm going <clears> to <throat> have to have you counsel with Logan. <laughs> oh. <sighs> <sighs> like being sent to the principal's office, but <laughs> worse. Oh, no, vice principal's office. That's <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Wow. So, uh, so I'm going to get a little death sign. I was going to say rub some dirt in it. It's going to have a little jar of dirt. I I call it a cup of dirt. 
It's a cup with some dirt in it. It's a cup of dirt. <laughs> I have a cricket. I'll make a sign for you. Fantastic. That wasn't so, a rabbit trail. That was perfectly on topic. So any other... Uh, Jen, what scripture tools do you have that don't have anything to do with dirt? Um, <laughs> uh, well, the two that come to mind, one I'm going to need Logan to read for me because I don't have a Bible or my phone. The first one is Psalms 27, 13, and 14. And I'm going to paraphrase this because I, again, don't have my phone, uh, which is like, wait patiently on the Lord, be strong and courageous, and then verse 14 is, I I believe I will see the land, or the goodness of God in the land of the living. Again, this is a gen paraphrase. But essentially, like that, it goes back to endurance of like waiting for God, trusting that he's in it. Like, And I think a lot of times we think waiting is sitting passively, but I think there's this active... Um, pursuit of God in the midst of waiting that we should do of mm. entrusting in him um, that isn't just sitting twiddling our thumbs and I feel like that speaks to that the being strong and courageous and then just that hope of like it's not for later it's not for you know when Jesus comes back it's now in the land of the living the life I'm living now God's working mm. He's turning things to the way he wants them to be, and I just need to trust him in that. So, right, yeah. How bad did I butcher that first? Oh, one? you paraphrased that like a champ. Yes. Uh, you might have flip flopped him. I think I'm, I'm not sure. We have to review the tape, but uh, thirteen. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Yes, I, I did flip flop him. So, but that's all right. Nailed it. Thanks. Well done. No, yeah. And the other one is Second Peter uh, 1, 5 through 7, which... <laughs> Did you want to... Yes, please read it. Oh, you want me to read it? No, gonna that one I can't paraphrase. You're not going to paraphrase that one? No. All right, so it's five, uh, 5 through what? 7. 5 through 7-ish? All right. Man, I cannot wait till I get those glasses. These are very you tiny prints. You picked the smallest font Bible possible. I did. I picked... This is like... This is like a woman's pocket Bible. Now, for this very reason, also <laughs> applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence in your moral excellence, knowledge in, in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and your brotherly kindness, love. And Logan, get your glasses. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will get, uh, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like that verse eight. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. I think the two verses I just realized this as we've read through them, they almost go hand in hand. Like one waiting, mm. and the other ones here's some things that you can do while you're waiting. Like so. Like yeah. If you're building self control, if you are diving into your knowledge of God, like you're building the perseverance <coughs> to keep going in the trial or whatever is causing you pain. Absolutely. So that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's back to my point that when you face an anxiety or or you're addressing past trauma, that's that's not an easy task. 
It takes mm-hmm. it takes courage. It takes faith. It takes hope. It takes action. Uh, God is providing providing uh, resources, people, all the time. But what He provides oftentimes feels like a coach that's telling us, "All right, guys, two days." Mm-hmm. You're like. I'd rather sit on my couch. Nope, two days. Right. Yep. Let's let's go. Endurance. Let's go. And he does have a tendency to do that. And the the thing about the coach is the coach knows that you can't actually do two days because the coach has been there long enough, right? To have seen it, and 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 knows the benefit to the things that they're calling the counselors that we go to. They they've been trained and they understand how these how the the tools that they're they're talking about actually help right and so you know i know for christy and i with the personal trainer that i'm lifting more than i would ever think i could because he's like yeah you could do one more set what <laughs> no Good no old cody yeah, I mean, he knows. Like, he's been discipled. He's being discipled. Mm-hmm. And he's discipling others. And if it's a counselor, uh, if it's people putting on a, a a grief seminar, you know, or... or are you thinking of the Spark of Life retreats? The retreats, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. The retreats, <laughs> you know, where, where someone else has helped them reconcile with with their grief, and now they're helping you reconcile with your grief. Like, they've God has led people through that process, and now they're leading other people through that process. And because they're aware, because they've been down that path, they know the right steps— and they they just know what's possible, and if you just trust that God's working through that, it's way easier when you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. Yeah. So if they've been there, if they've been through that, then that's a that's a valuable asset for you to have. Yes. Yeah. Working through it on your own. Yep. That yep. doesn't make necessarily make it easy. No. Right. And and it might make it easier though. Oh, it makes it easier. Uh, but that does it, not mean that it will be easy. No. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've heard people talk. I've I've heard this conversation happen. You know, about trauma or or about anxiety, and and talked about in such simplistic ways that it's kind of like, well, you just need to go to Philippians four, and, and you know, mm-hmm. it'll be all good. Yeah, that's not that. That's the same as saying rub some dirt in it. Yeah, that's rub some biblical dirt in it. Mm-hmm. But that's not. No. Yeah. It's yeah. not a band-aid. Yeah, if you've had complex trauma, mm-hmm. the solution's going to be complex as well. Right. The resolution will be complex. Mm-hmm. Your God's big enough to be able to provide that, and I think we should absolutely fight for it. We should absolutely fight for the shalom that that and we should knock on heaven's doors until we absolutely have that because if we have that, what we're able to give our kids and our grandkids and and the people that are meaningful to us is is 
a, a much better version of us. Right. And so it's absolutely worth it. Right. Well, and I think people, going back to your grief thing, like, they almost think, well, once I arrive at peace, like, and it's not this thing that you arrive at once and you're there for the rest of your life. It's this thing that you are constantly, like, not, striving for sounds like a really bad word, but, like, grief is a, a cycle and, like, there's many stages of it and you it doesn't just go straight line like life is not just a straight line it there's a process yeah. and it, there's pain and like yeah it's amazing how sometimes trauma can be triggered and you thought you've worked through it and something happens and it comes back up and that's when you go back to your people and say it came back up help me find peace like yeah the i think um i think god protects us to a degree that we we get so much mm-hmm. to chew on for a while, and we chew on that for a while, and then the, then the next piece of it comes in. But there's there is shalom in the midst of that journey, right. and um, but it's it's yeah it's complex, and and again it's just it's going to be as complex as the trauma right. was originally is probably about as complex as the solution is. Mm-hmm. Every step is worth it. Yeah. And um, yeah. I there you go. Enough said. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, we continue soldiering on through Advent. We'll be back at it again this week with a uh, little joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yeah. There you go. And uh, we'll be there with that this weekend, and then uh, on to the next week of uh, love, and then and then Christ with Christmas. So yeah, we'll be back at it again next week. Hope to hear from you then. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.